This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 258. What are the critical things that you want to get accomplished in the near term that's going to lead you to the success that you want? And really committing yourself not to do hundreds of those things, but what are the two or three most important things to get done this week when you plan? Or today, when you look at your, you know, again, at the beginning of the day, before you've looked at your email, make a plan for the day. What are those two or three things that you're going to make sure you really get? And if those things got done today, I would consider today a success. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Ever have the challenge in front of you where you just can't figure out what you need to do to make the kind of progress that you want to in your business, or that you think you know your direction, but then somebody tells you about something and you think, oh, maybe that's something I need to research or look into, or maybe I need to move my whole website over there, or I need to pursue this line of business instead of this line of business. All those different barriers and challenges that can get in front of us as solopreneurs or entrepreneurs or small business owners or whatever it is that you're doing as you listen to this show. Welcome. I'm Meg Rentschler. I am the host of the Star Coach Show, and we are going to tackle that very topic today how to avoid the shiny object syndrome, how to get productive instead of just busy with my guest, Dr. Stephen Kirch. And as we dive into that topic, I want to welcome any of you who are new to the show and let you know that I hope you come back each and every week because each and every week we are going to dive into something that helps you be effective or skilled or have a different mindset or something about being a small business owner, primarily in this audience, being a coach. And that will help you bring your impact into the world. And that's exactly what I believe the world needs, which is why I work both with coaches to be the best they can be, as well as organizations to bring some aspects of coaching into their leadership style to empower their people and make healthier work environments. And one way that I do that is bringing this show weekly to you so that we can explore what are some of the things that get in our way and how can we get them out of the way. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Kirch. After retiring from a successful career as a manager and a leader in high tech, Dr. Kirch now brings his passion for people, organizations, and small businesses to his clients. He is the creator of Profit Minds, LLC, and what Profit Minds does is help small business owners generate more clients 
close more sales and increase their overall revenue and profits quickly and expensively. And Dr. Kirch is going to get into that in the interview as he shares the way that he pivoted his business. I know many of you are in different places of pivoting either from working within an organization to working for yourself or doing a side gig or getting clearer about what it is that you're offering in your business. There are so many concepts that are shared today. The strategies and the tips go from the beginning of the interview all the way through for things to really help you up your game, increase your productivity, and And also, Dr. Kurtz, you'll hear very clearly in this interview that he is a lifelong learner. Therefore, he gives tool after tool of books that he's read or concepts that he's learned from other people that are given in bite-sized nuggets that you can apply immediately. I am so excited to introduce Dr. Kurtz to you and allow you to gain from his wisdom. So I won't make you wait anymore. Let's go to my interview with Dr. Stephen Kirch. Dr. Stephen Kirch, thank you for joining the Star Coach Show. How are you today? I'm doing well, Meg. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm delighted to have you. We are going to talk about, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, when I was doing my pre-interview with Steve, he knows so much stuff that it was so hard to zero down to what we were going to talk about today. However, since I know you so well, and from what he's bringing forward, I thought, oh, we really need to talk about distractions and getting stuck and all the things that keep us from bringing our impact to the world, because I know how much impact you have to bring to the world. And Steve is going to help us figure out how to get that stuff out of the way and zero in on what we really want to do and how to create that impact. Before we get there, let's talk a little bit about your journey and what made you do this kind of work. Yeah. So I kind of have a strange background for somebody that does business coaching. I have a PhD in physics and I've worked for a couple of high-tech companies. I spent about 30 years in high-tech, but very early on into my stint with Intel, I was there for a while. I got introduced to the Covey 7 Habits of Highly Effective People. And I'd read the book a number of years earlier. I'm a lifetime learner. I read lots of books, but When I took the class and actually implemented the seven habits and started to implement them in my my life, it was transformational. And I found out that they were looking for instructors because they were going to roll this out to the entire organization, 1,500 people they were going to take through this. This was quite a commitment. And, And by the way, I watched the transformation of this organization over the years following that rollout. Mm -hmm. And it was spectacular, the impact that that kind of stuff has when everybody starts working in the same way, when everybody walks into a meeting and says, not what are we trying to do here, but what's the end we have in mind, right? That's just the language change was transformational for the organization. I digress. No, Um, but I love that because I want everybody to hear this exactly what we do as coaches. We listen for that energy shift. And boy, did you get an energy shift when you started talking about what happened when this work that lights you up came forward to across this huge organization. So I became a certified facilitator of that material. And I've now been teaching that material for over 25 years. 
And so as I contemplated this thing that they call retirement, I don't think anybody actually retires anymore, (laughs) but I gave up my corporate gig about five years ago. And as I was contemplating that, I thought, boy, it would be so much fun to continue this kind of work because I really get a charge out of watching the students' eyes light up when they get it. Yeah. Right. And I've been certified in a number of different courses of that ilk, personal, organizational effectiveness, productivity, so that sort of thing. And so when I retired, when I gave up my corporate salary, I've hung up a shingle as a productivity coach. And I, you know, I I did okay. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had clients, I had, you know, revenue coming in. I was having a lot of fun, which was the primary goal. And the challenge that I had was, and I'm sure all of the coaches that are listening will understand if you work with small business owners, they have absolutely no idea what their time is worth. Right. What is an hour of your time worth if you are wearing 17 hats every day and you have to be chief cook and bottle washer as well as CEO of this mm-hmm. company, right? No, you know, if it's a solopreneur, that's one thing. But even if it's a you know a handful of employees, right? Right? You have no idea what your time is worth. And if I'm selling you productivity, I'm selling you how to get more value out of your hours. And you don't know what your starting point is. It's really hard to calculate an ROI. What's the return on your investment? And if you can't calculate a return on investment, is it worth an investment? And so I would get an awful lot of blank stares or I don't know if it's worth it or I don't know if I can afford that. Or So after a few years of doing that, I came across the system that allows me to that form the company Profit Minds. And it allows me to go systematically through Uh, what's happening with a small business. And my claim is I can find 30 to $50,000 or more in untapped revenue for any small business in under 45 minutes. Wow. What a claim. And so you've shifted because I want coaches to hear what you did was you shifted away from sort of this ambiguous, what is it that you do and how are you going to help me to clarity about this is the transformation that I bring to your business. That's what people need to hear to be able to make that commitment, which is what we want people to do, make the commitment to work with us. That's exactly right. And so I sit down with a small business owner and usually my promise is 30 to $50,000, but usually the number's north of a hundred. And for a small business owner that's doing less than a million dollars in annual revenue, which is where most of my clients are, that's transformational. Absolutely. And then it becomes a simple question, right? Would you like some help with that? Yeah. I've got the system. I've got the plan. I know how to help you get there. So it's clear now what the value of the engagement is. So important. So we're going to take, and you know, the vast majority of the audience, I'm pretty certain, are either being an entrepreneur or are already probably solopreneurs. So while we might not be at that million plus that you're doing with your business, with your small businesses that you're working with, I think that some of those philosophies that you're bringing forward, we need to hear to get the heck out of our own way and begin to create the kinds of profits that the audience is looking for. So I think that when I hear, well, I know that what I hear when I work with hundreds of coaches every year is I'm so, I just spin, I don't get any traction. I'm here, then I'm here. And what do I do by the end of the day? I've been so busy, but I haven't gotten anything done. Have you ever heard anything like that? Yeah. In fact, I have a a keynote talk, which is, are you productive or just busy? And that's really the problem 
is is these damn things. Pardon and me. he's holding up a phone, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he is holding up a cell phone. <laughs> because we're now working 24-7 and we don't know how to put it down. Right. And we don't know how to focus on the stuff that's most important. So one of the things that I teach my clients, and, and I, I, I actually work with a couple of business coaches as clients, is don't look at your email until you've figured out what the most important things to do. Don't pick up your phone, set your alarm someplace other than using your phone because you have to pick up your phone to turn it off. And then it's just easy to go down the rat hole of email or right, right. Not open social up, media. Open up a window. Yes. Yeah. Social media or whatever it is, right? Make sure you sit down and figure out what your most important things are for the day. In fact, I do that the night before. Okay. What are my most important tasks? Somebody said to me that they did it that way because that allowed them to sleep better. And I think that's that may be true. Well, and I also have heard the theory, and I believe that, that if we said it the night before, our brain can start working on things while we're sleeping that we don't even know what's happening because our brains are phenomenal. And I don't think we give them even a smidgen of the credit that they deserve for. So if we set it up the night before and release it, huh? More than once I've woken up in the morning with the solution to that thing that I wanted to work on the night before. So, yeah. So by not opening our emails and by not getting caught up in social media, we're setting our own priorities rather than somebody else's setting our priorities. Huh? What that's else? absolutely correct. It's, you know, work on the stuff that's important to you when you're reacting to somebody else's email, that's what you're doing, right? You're, you're letting them set the agenda for you. The last year that I was working in Intel, the year that I retired, I sent a note. I sat down with my team. I had I had 40 people working for me. Half of them were in the home office in Santa Clara where I was, and half of them were in San Jose, Costa Rica. And I told my team that I wasn't going to look at my email until like 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning because I knew that my most productive, most creative time was that early morning, eight to 10 kind of time frame. So mm-hmm. I set that aside to work on those strategic projects that, that were important to getting my job done. And I told my boss, I told my peers, and I told my entire team, if you send me an email, don't expect to receive a response until late morning. If you have something that requires my attention before 10 o'clock in the morning, send me a text or call me. And in that last year of working, do you know how many times I got such a request? I'm not thinking it was very many once that also makes other people kind of think things through like, you know, is this really important enough to pick up the phone and call Steve? Because am I really going to call my boss about this? So it makes people kind of think about their priorities or think Mm -hmm. about uh, the urgency that they put on things. And the other thing that you said that is so good that I want everybody to, a strategy is, so for Steve, the best time in the morning is early morning for him or the best time in the day, but we all have different. So I would challenge all of you, what's the peak time of the day for you that you want to protect? Because that creates, you know, creating some awareness for you. What's your best time of the day that you're going to protect? Right. Call it your biological prime time. And you can do that by, by plotting, you know, charting in an Excel spreadsheet, you are, you know, like once an hour, say, what's my energy level? One to 10. What's my energy level? And and a pattern will appear. I promise you. So there's another little hack. 
So I'd let, I guarantee you guys, you're going to walk away with so many strategies from this session. You're going to be like, oh my goodness, where do I even start? So what other things cause us to get stuck besides, you know, emails and social media, the pit of social media, what else? Yeah. So I think many of us get overwhelmed by our to-do list and there's a reason yeah, we, we all have to-do lists that are longer than our arm, right? And my arms are really long. This is a trick from David Allen, um, a real devotee of, of David Allen in the book, Getting Things Done. Yes. He says that one of the problems is that we intermingle within our to-do list, we intermingle tasks and projects. And so you're reading down this list and every time you come to a project on your to-do list, you go, your brain goes, ah, now what do I have to do with that? Ah. And, and he says, and I think there's some real validity to this, you cannot do a project. You can only do tasks. Now, what makes a project? project. Yeah. A project is a series of tasks. So his method, and I would challenge all of the listeners to do this, is to have a separate project list. And for each of those projects, write down or think about, determine what's the very next physical action that you can do to move that project forward. Just one step. Put that on your to-do list. So because your list your brain- is tasks, not projects. Yes. Right. So that's another thing that, that causes us to get stuck because we look at that project list. Every time we see that project on is, oh, God, I got to do this and this and this. And your brain goes off and then the list becomes overwhelming. But if it's just one thing, you know, I need to spend 10 minutes doing research on this particular aspect of it. If it's a complicated project, right? I don't know what the next step is other than I got to figure out what the next step is. So I'm going to spend some time thinking about all the project steps. That could be a task to Mm -hmm. define the steps in a project. Or it could be as simple as picking up the phone and calling or sending an email or whatever it is to to set that project in motion. I'm willing to bet having tasks rather than projects will help stop procrastination too. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Because I know when I see something big, I'm all of a sudden, oh, have I pulled out what I need to for dinner yet? Let me quick step out and put the stuff from the washer into the dryer. It's like I can't escape my office quick enough. I've yes. just totally exposed myself. <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely true. Every time you get overwhelmed. And the other thing that happens, of course, is that you have a tendency to want to, to work on those little tiny things that are easy, right? Because you can then check off three or four things instead of this big thing, right? Right. So that's an, another hack. Have you heard of the Pomodoro technique? Boy, it sounds familiar, but I need you to refresh my memory. Okay. So Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato. And if you ever go into a kitchen in Italy, you will see these little kitchen timers. They look like tomatoes. I'm sure you've seen them in the store, right? Mm -hmm. So the guy that came up with this, I think his last name was Cirillo. It's, you know, something Italian. Anyway, he said, what you need to do is to set a timer for 25 minutes and turn off all your distractions, turn off your cell phone. Don't let the little thing that says you've got mail pop up on your email that shows you how old I am, but the little outlook thing that says Mm -hmm. you've got a new message, whatever it is, right? Or any of the other social media things, turn off all of those distractions all and focus for 25 minutes on whatever it is that your project is at hand and then take a five minute break. If you do that, you'll be amazed at how much you can get done in 25 minutes. 
but work on those big, those important tasks, not big tasks, but important tasks, focus on them for 25 minutes. And if you truly focus, again, you'll be amazed at how much you can get done. So I can imagine, you know, if your brain starts to wander, you can say, look, I've got 25 minutes that I'm focused on this. I mean, it gives you that versus I'm just working on this. Like I'm working on this. I What is that whole concept that you're like, the time you give yourself, it expands into that. Five Parkinson's minutes. law. Yeah. Thank you. So if you give yourself 25 minutes and you say, I'm just going to work, work, work until I can get as much done as I can in 25 minutes right. versus this sort of expansive, well, I've got time to go put the clothes in the dryer. By the <laughs> way, if 25 minutes seems too long, make it 15. Make it to the point where you can say, you know, I'm going to focus on this for 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it is. Said, you know, that's easy. I can do that. Now, the strict version of Pomodoro is that mm-hmm. you do four Pomodoros and then take a longer break. Okay. So basically two hours. Now, I don't bother to go that that heavy into it, mm-hmm. but I use the 25-minute timer. And by the way, I found an app on my phone uh, that actually ticks. And I think the ticking sound when I get distracted, the ticking reminds me, no, I'm supposed to be focused. Oh, so it's such good tips. You're giving us such good tips. So some people don't like the ticking. I find it helps me. So once you know, again, make it work for you. We're absolutely. given tips. We're given strategies. You make those work for you. So we're talking about different things that trigger procrastination or getting stuck. So anything else that, that comes up for you around and I might be an audience of one, the only person who ever gets distracted, overwhelmed, or procrastinate, but I'm willing to bet that that's probably not the case. Yeah. I read a really interesting book by Chris Bailey called The Productivity Project, and he spent an entire year doing experiments on himself. He compared a 20-hour week with a 90-hour week. By the way, he discovered that his optimal was something on the order of 43 or 45 hours a week. He got more than that. It is a law of diminishing returns kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 90 hours a week doesn't get you twice the amount of output that you get from a 45-hour week. That's only marginally more. But he says there are, I think there are six reasons, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to spew them off, but something is boring, something is difficult. It's ambiguous. It doesn't provide you with a direct personal benefit or the, you know, the benefit is extrinsic outside, right? And there's another one. I don't remember what it is, but his thing is figure out why it is that you're procrastinating. If it's boring, reward yourself by going to a place that's not boring to do the work. Like, well, pre-pandemic anyway, we'd go to our favorite coffee shop and some of our coffee shops, we can do that again because it's nice Mm -hmm. outside or go sit in your backyard, you know, go to a place, go to a park, sit in a place that's pleasant. It might be a way of getting yourself out of, you know, it's not a boring place. I'm doing a boring task, but it's not a right. Right. Um, Sometimes I get tired of my office. So I just go sit in the kitchen to the kitchen table just to shift it up. I can see the pool. Mm -hmm. I can see the outside. You know, it's just, it's a different location. Right. 
So that's one thing. If it's really a challenging project or it's it's ambiguous, you know, figure out what the next steps are. Be clear on what you're actually going to be doing. And you're not trying to do the whole thing. You're just trying to do this one thing to move the project forward. Again, the value of making a task list as opposed to a project list, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so figure out why it is that you're procrastinating. And figure out what you can do to overcome that. Maybe you have to provide yourself with a reward at the end. Mm-hmm. There's no personal reward, right? Or, or figure right. out how it is that uh, you're going to be rewarded, even if it's not, it doesn't seem like it's a direct thing. Right. You were talking about extrinsic, you know, motivation, or maybe you're doing a task for a client or for a project and it doesn't really enthrall you, but what is it that you can tap into? I really like my clients to be happy. I really, you know, it's going to feel good to have this prepared and and off my list. Sometimes that's my biggest motivator. It's going to feel so good to not have to look at this anymore. I'm just going to get it done. Finally done. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Good, good, um, good. Anything else about this concept? Because we're going to move into something else that I know pulls my attention and other people's attention. But anything else about stuckedness or or procrastination that we wanted to focus in? And, you know, I think if, from my perspective, again, it's figuring out why are you procrastinating, getting at the root of that, and and figuring out a a way of overcoming that for that specific project because it's different for everyone. It may or may not be the same procrastination root cause for each of the things. Right. right? I have an additional challenge. Squirrel. That's my next thing, the shiny object (laughs) syndrome. Oh, man. and, And I think that as entrepreneurs... We can definitely, I mean, it's like, oh, this new thing is out or this, or so-and-so said this when I met them for lunch and boy, maybe I should look into that or do that. Or so the whole squirrel shiny object syndrome, what are some tips or strategies for dealing with that? Well, again, I think the important thing here is, and I actually, I think I stole this from either Vern Harnish and Scaling Up or Wickman, I think is the guy that wrote the book Traction Okay, about having big rocks and having important tasks, again, important projects for a quarter. I do them by quarter. Okay. Um, the 12-week year also talks about this, right? What are the critical things that you want to get accomplished in the near term that's going to lead you to the success that you want? And you know, really committing yourself not to do hundreds of those things, but what are the two or three most important things to get done this week when you plan? Or today, when you look at your, you know, again, at the beginning of the day, before you've looked at your email, make a plan for the day. What are those two or three things that you're going to make sure you really get? And if those things got done today, I would consider today a success. And then you use those as anchors. So if you get distracted by shiny object or squirrel, does that, what does that have to do with this and reground into your anchor? And by the way, put them on your calendar block out the time. And I have a couple of those each week where I have you know an hour block here or a two hour block there or that I keep sacrosanct. And at the beginning of the week, I say, well, this is what I'm going to be working on during that time. Okay. I don't just leave it nebulous. You know, something comes up and I have to deal with that. Okay. But my intention is to get that block, that spend that block of time on that strategic project. So good. You're much more likely to get it done if you put it on your calendar. 
and you just say, well, I'll get to this sometime today. Right. Because it won't happen. It sometime won't happen. is not going to happen. <laughs> it's got to be this time. Thing, the other thing that I would suggest is consider having an accountability partner. Even those of us, especially those of us who are solopreneurs. Mm-hmm. I meet with mine eight o'clock Monday morning and we score last week. How well did we do last week against our, you know, our activities that were that are mm-hmm. critical? And he scores his. What were the issues? What why was it that you did or did not do very well? But if you're gonna, you know, because the hardest part is keeping an appointment with yourself. If it were an appointment with a client, you would never miss it. Right. But an appointment with yourself, for some reason, we seem to think that it's okay to miss those, even though in some sense, they're actually more because they, they're what enables you to do the work that you do with your clients. Exactly. Exactly. So think about that appointment with yourself. And if somebody calls and says, hey, can you do this? It's, no, I'm sorry. I have another appointment. Yeah. You don't have to say, it's no, I've tr- locked that off for myself. It's, it's yeah. an appointment. It's yeah. me, myself and I meeting for coffee, but right. you know. But it's, it's important. It's yeah. absolutely important. And that concept of feeling busy, but not getting anything done when you have those sacred times with clarity. And I think that that's a key thing that if we're so overwhelmed or busy that we haven't gotten the clarity about what is that two hour spot that I'm going to spend on my stuff. If we're not sure what that is, then then we're not getting anywhere. What is your most important task or most important set of tasks for today? Right. And that might involve you committing to some time to get clear. That two hours might be getting clear time so that you can move forward. And that might be a Sunday activity even to think about for your week. Oh, yeah. I plan my week on Sunday evening. And I've done that. And in fact, my wife and I did that when we had kids growing up in the house, right? Our kids are now gone. But the the um, we would take a look. We, in fact, had a one of these whiteboard calendars Monday through Sunday. And mm-hmm. we would have everybody's activities. My wife color-coded them even, right? We would right. sit down on Sunday evening and we would go through, hey, have I missed anything on your calendar that's important that everybody knows about? So that we can make sure we're, you know, transportation is all handled, all that right. kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. We've been doing the Sunday evening plan the week for a while as a family, and and, and I certainly do that it. behavior. Yeah, it's crucial. It's it's where I figure out what are the one or two most important things in each of the roles that I play in my life. You know, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm you know, I'm a friend. Church is very important to me. I'm on the board of the Gratitude Network and. I have my profit minds thing, Thing. right? So, you know, and it's what are the one or two most important things there that I'm going to make sure I get done. So good. So one of the things that you've done that I think is going to be of interest to many people, because we're all at different places in our business and thinking about different things, is that along the line, you pivoted. You made a change. I mean, obviously you pivoted from corporate work into having your own business. But even within that, you've pivoted. And I think that that creates interest for people because as I work with new coaches, 
It's the sense of I've got to pick one thing and sort of like from cradle to grave kind of thing. And it's like, you know what? That puts so much pressure on us and it it can create that overwhelm and that ambiguity and all those things. So I love the fact that you've successfully, you've created one thing successfully and then decided, you know what? I'm going to pivot and do something else. So can you tell us a little bit about how you went through that process? Well, you know, for, and this was true throughout my career. I never had a job for, I was, I was at Intel for 20, just shy of 22 years, but I never had a job for more than four. In fact, the job that I had for the longest was a job that I would have been leaving, except we decided we needed to shut the organization down. And so I participated in helping to re, to place all, there were 800 people in the organization. I tried, wow. I, you know, I participated in helping place all of those. We, we committed to them a successful new beginning. And we helped them, some of them find jobs, other jobs inside Intel, and some of them started whole new careers. So this pivoting is something you've sort of done throughout your adult life, through adult I have, your, your career. I have, you know, wide variety of jobs, all as an engineering manager, but, mm-hmm. you know, different technical, different pieces of the technology. And so, you know, when I come upon a new idea that I think provides a spark of interest and you know this the whole system that we have with profit minds you know the ability to go step by step and you know as a logical sort of mathematical physics mind right the step by step problem solving mm-hmm. is something that really appeals to me and it was just so obvious that this was a much better value proposition for my clients and so what should we think about if we're thinking about making a pivot? I mean, you so you had clients and yet you came up with a system. So I'm going to get out of the way now. And just what do we need to be thinking about? Well, I, I guess there are some very practical things that you need to think about. Like how long is it going to take you to get to the point where you can replace your income? Is it something that requires an entire complete shift? Or in my case... Right. This was at some level a a precursor to the actual coaching work. Right. We're still working on productivity because biggest one of the biggest problems that that small business owners have is where am I going to find the time to do this stuff? Right. And so my productivity expertise still helps. And so it's a matter of I had one coach and I have coaches all the time. Right. I more than one. One of my coaches described it as looking around at what's lying on the shop floor. What are the pieces that you have that you can bring to this that allows you to assemble a compelling picture? The thing that we're working on in Profit Minds is what I would call strategic marketing. And it's, again, small business owners, coaches, solopreneurs, shiny object syndrome, right? Oh, I'm going to chase Facebook, or I'm going to chase LinkedIn, or I'm going to chase SEO, or I'm going to do an email campaign, or I've got to build my list, or whatever. But they don't have an overarching. It's it's what I call random acts of marketing, <laughs> right? So it's what is the overall message? And I think what's really important is that the the unique selling proposition of this business that you're considering, if you're looking at a pivot. Right. What makes you uniquely capable of delivering this? How does it fit with the strengths that you have? Right. My ability to solve problems. So think about 
how does this fit with your strengths and how does it leverage your strengths and your unique capabilities as a coach, as a business owner, as a, in that sense, right? So I was able to leverage the fact that I can go very logically through a process, which Profit Minds, the system that we have Mm -hmm. is very, very methodical. And I could leverage my, my, length of time in understanding how to improve productivity of my clients and say, you know, here's the ROI. So now I can lay it out very, very clearly, right? We also have within the context of this a methodology for pricing the program. It's something that the small business owner can afford. And we have a, I'll just say it, right? People say, you know, so I ask them after we go through this system, how much does it cost, right? I say, would you like some help? And they say, yes, but how much does it cost? That's always the mm-hmm. first question, right? Right. And I say, well, the cost of my coaching is $2,000 a month. And they go, I can't afford that. But what I do is I say, okay, how about if I make it $1,000 a month and you pay me 10% of the revenue increase that we generate together? So now it becomes a partnership. Right? So I have skin mm-hmm. in the game now. Mm-hmm. And the small business owners really like that. And it's obviously something that has worked for you or you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. And it's somewhat unique, right? It's not very common. Most coaches, you pay me X dollars and you right. get what you get. Right. Right. But, and you have to trust that the value will be there. Right. So good. So those are different ways for us to be thinking about. What I love about this is that it helps us think about our own stuckness, our own procrastination, our own shiny objects, but it also helps us if we're thinking through the lens of how we're working with other people who have those same kinds of issues. So thank you for that. And then that concept of if you want to pivot, or I think even more than pivot, as you were talking, Steve, the thing that came to me was This is how you get clarity about the work that you do with clients, whether it's a pivot or whether it's an original step. It is, this is what you need to do to be able to create your value proposition for your clients. It's really critical to understand what problem you solve and how are you uniquely qualified to solve that problem, right? This is fundamental to marketing. You have prospects that have a problem they don't want and they have a result that they don't have. And you got to figure out how your product or system pro- or, or, or whatever, or, yes, or, or, or yes, your product or service connects that problem with that solution. So and if you can convey that, then people will sign up. So how can people learn more about what you do and follow your work? Because I'm sure they're listening, thinking, I want more of Dr. Kirch. Yeah. So easy enough. Connect with me on LinkedIn. That's Steve Kirch is, and we'll put the, in the, we'll have in the, the show link notes. in the show notes, go to my website, profitminds.net. There's also a, there's in the a, show notes, there's a book you can download that gives you a little bit of a sense of the kinds of strategies that we use again, to explode the growth of our, our small business owner clients. So important. And thank you because I'm absolutely passionate about helping small businesses succeed and grow. My small business focus tends to be on coaching, but that doesn't mean that there's not lots out there. And there's many of you who are listening who work with small businesses. So this is so, so helpful. And I will definitely have all those links in our show notes. 
thank you for taking time to share your expertise with us. Meg, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. And I look forward to hearing from your listeners. Absolutely. I hear your wheels spinning and all that productivity happening. I can't wait to hear what you're putting in place. The tips and strategies that Dr. Kurtz shared are leading to in your life. Always love to hear how the show is impacting you. So shoot me an email at meg at a focus on results.com. Let me know how the tips and strategies that Dr. Kurt shared with you are impacting your work and your business. If you'd like to know more about Dr. Kurt and all the information that he shared, go to starcoachshow.com slash 258 and pick up the links in the show notes. Now you got to come back next week when I am visiting with Nancy Geary about how to create a stress-free freebie that is going to attract people to you and have them give you their email address so that you can stay in contact with them and continue to provide value and get them into your market. And so when you're providing things, you're able to let them know what you're providing. We are going to do a dive into things like warming up your email list, how to create the kind of freebie that people want, and so many other great things. Can't wait to share that with you. That's next week. I do invite you to join me for conversation about all things coaching every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Central on the Star Coach Facebook page. Just search for Star Coaches on Facebook. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the absolute best for you, for your family, for your coaching success. I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care.